22-year absence, the Boston Celtics are NBA champions once again. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Seven seconds. They got Benetarian range. I'll tell you, what Tom Brady just did gives me goosebumps. Wide again for Tierney. Tierney's cross. Lucic, top of the circle, Horton, the drive, score! The Bruins knock out Montreal! Welcome to the Boston Sports Extra Podcast, episode 34, uh, ALDS Red Sox win edition. My name is Justin Gonzalez. Alongside me here is Gabrielle Starr and... Your Red Sox have just beaten the New York Yankees for the ALDS series, and we Woo! are moving on to Houston. Gab, oh how God. you feeling? How you feeling? No, don't all got me right now. How you feel? Oh my God, I'm so happy, Justin. <laughs> no matter what happy. happens, I want to capture this feeling in a bottle and just save it. I want to inject it, it into my veins. Yeah, oh, no. God. So we we um we we are we are running on pure adrenaline and emotion right now. Um, it's almost one o'clock in the morning here where I am. Uh, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's it's a few hours earlier because guys on the West Coast. But so we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit uh, short of an episode today. But uh, we're just basically gonna short, we're gonna, spontaneous, you know, unfiltered. Yeah. We did not plan this. We were worried that if we planned it. We would jinx it have been them because jinxes yeah. are real and also because it's authentic as hell. So I yeah. feel like this is actually going to be one of our best episodes ever just because <sighs> we are right. drunk on Red Sox and they're, <sighs> and they're drunk on Yankee tears, which is even better. So I know that, that's the best. <laughs> All right. So um, let's I want to recap um, the, fir- the first three games and then we're going to go into tonight's game. Um, so let's see the first, the first game was the opening game, obviously, uh, Red Sox Friday went night. five to four Friday night, sale uh, versus Hap. sale versus Hap sale went out there and he just, you know, so everyone, everyone was talking about how, uh, you know, sale was going to have, um, the yips from last year, how, you know, Oh, I, I saw a lot of people mentioning how, uh, Chris sale can't, po- can't pitch in the postseason, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, he only Especially had nine after he was coming back from an injury like yeah. and had not and his rehab starts leading up to it, especially like the last week and a half were very unsettling. So it's like a combination of those two things. Everyone yeah, was very yeah. nervous. That's a really good and, point. You know, and Yankees and his velocity was down in his game one start. He was not throwing higher. I think his like I think he topped out at maybe 95 or 96. I, th- I think was, it was like, yeah, 96 or 97. Something he, like that. When he was like mm-hmm. throwing over 100 for the first time since his relief days when he was a rookie. Yeah. Which is what he had been doing earlier this season before his injury. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, he struck out three in the first inning. He looked so good. You yeah. know, meanwhile, Jay Happ gave up a three-run homer to pa- Martinez. I almost said to Poppy. To Martinez in the first <laughs> inning. So, you know, so much for Jay Happ, the Yankee killer. Like, they got that guy specifically to beat us. And they didn't use him in the wild card game specifically on the premise that they would need him to face us. Which, like, yes, 
Severino pulled it off in the wild card game, but it's just yeah. so funny to me that they were specifically saving Jay Happ for this start. And we rocked him within the first like five minutes of the game. Yeah, no, it was it was it was really early on. It was really early so on. So just just great. The only stressful thing, of course, was that then after scoring five runs, the bullpen gave up four runs, including yes. Kimbrell's ninth inning homer to judge. Yeah. And the Sox did not answer a single one of those runs. That is not something that, that can happen if they want a chance against Houston because they have to score early and they have to score often and they have to keep scoring. Yeah. This bullpen they- and we saw that tonight when Kimbrell almost gave away this game, this bullpen cannot hold it down. The bats are the bats and like Nathan Eovaldi basically are our only hope of getting even a win. Nathan Eovaldi. We are really we'll, we'll get we'll get we'll get to that. But like the point is, you know, the <laughs> yeah. bats the reason that we did so well in the regular season is because of our bats. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you had you had you had two guys that that were MVP. It's not like our bullpen was magically good at all at any part of this season. No. It's like our bullpen was never good, and it was masked by the fact that we have such power hitting. But you know what? So does Houston, and Houston, top to bottom, is more consistent with their offense. So if we want a chance, our offense is going to have to get going, especially Mookie Betts, because the team is different when he's hitting, and he is not exactly a strong postseason hitter. Well, not not so far, but I mean, it hasn't been Go, exactly no, going, a large going, sample size either. Like, yeah, but he was in it in the last two years, and going into this year or going into like the second game, his postseason career batting average was like two forty two. Yeah, no, I, I mean, for, I for mean, a we, guy who won the batting title with a three forty six this year or three fifty or whatever, yeah, for him to have a two forty two and for him to go zero for four in a postseason game, like you can't have that from your leadoff hitter. You just I, can't. I I get it. And you know what? Like we 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 saw once in the season when when Mookie Betts was going through a little bit of a slump, you know, and and, and I mean it 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 could be just that it could just be a little slump, and you know maybe this break between these which two is series, fine, but now he needs to figure it out. Like yeah, there, no, the and postseason. There's no there, this is this is crunch time. Like there is no oh like it'll be fine. You know we have 25 games left to play. It's like no every game matters. Yeah, and you're our leadoff hitter. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and I, I think if there's anyone that can, you know, like if it was if it was someone like Benintendi or someone that isn't proven throughout the entire season and possibly throughout their like their young career, I would be a little more worried. You know what I mean? But like we we've seen Mookie Betts do this before. You know what I mean? We've seen him just be an MVP this season, and I think he, he'll, he'll yeah, turn it around. Yeah, but again, so, you know, that's like saying we have 108 wins. Like the regular season means Jack now. No, this is, but this is postseason. Like. And what separates you, what separates a great player, what separates a Hall of Fame player from a regular player, I said this about, I mean, obviously, David Price, different story. But the point is, what separates a Hall of Fame player from a regular player or just like a good player, what makes somebody memorable, what makes them legendary, is if they can pull it off when it matters. Yeah. And, and, and you I th- see I that think for Mookie during the regular season. We have yet really to see, like, we've seen Mookie Betts come into games as, like, a pinch hitter. We've seen him come up to bat when the bases are loaded and he does not exactly have like, it's not like he's David Ortiz, you know, no, like, they're not no. just like expecting grand slams from Mookie Betts yeah. in those moments. And that's the problem for me. Like, I'm not saying that everyone's going to be David Ortiz, but the point is like, I'm still waiting to feel super confident about Mookie as a postseason player. I'm not there yet at all. 
Meanwhile, and, JD had a home run in his first at bat as a Red Sox. In the, yeah, in, the, in that same opening game, yeah. Against Jay Happ. Yeah. In the first inning. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, it's fantastic. Like, I think I need Mookie to step up here, and so does the rest of the lineup because he, he's when he is on the lineup is different. The lineup plays differently. Yeah. When Mookie, yeah. like, if Mookie starts off a game striking out, that already sets a tone. It just does. And if he continues to not be good throughout the game, it's a momentum killer for sure. It's a mood killer. Like, you expect more from him. I expect more from him than what I've seen in the past five days. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. You get so uh, say say there's a new rule in postseason, right? And 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 they're they're facing I don't know a good closer. Pick your pick. I don't know whoever. And you you get you the new rule is that you can pick any three players to to bat. uh, You know for for uh, for the for the go ahead runs or for the win. Um, Who are you gonna pick out of the Red Sox? Brock Holt. And. I don't know. JD and Mookie. You know you're gonna pick Mookie. No, I'm picking Xander. Come on. Yeah, all right, all right. There's there's Xander no has, there's no Xander one on base. Has... There's no one on base. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like you you're gonna pick Mookie Betts. You're gonna. I'm picking him, but he's not my first choice. He he wouldn't be your first choice. Obviously, your first choice would be I think JD Martinez. But like, you know, like I, I don't I'm know. I'm picking I, JD, and then I'm picking Brock because when Brock has people on base, he's filthy. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, but you know what? Like, Mookie Betts isn't used to batting with people on base, you know, batting on the lineup, and you know, like my point, my point is, is that like, if there is one guy that you would really expect him to turn it around and turn it around very quickly, I think it's Mookie for me. You know, that's just that's just my opinion. But um, anyway, let's uh, let's keep let's keep our uh, let's keep going through these games because I want to get to the good stuff. Jay Happ's ERA in the postseason is twenty two point five. <laughs> I just, David I just, Price. Wanted to... David, David Price's? No, 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 J Hap, J Hap, J Hap. Oh, J Hap. Well, what's David Price's then? Um, let's see. It probably isn't that. Oh, never mind. 16.2. <laughs> so, all right. Fuck, well, man. We, we, all right. We can let's move just on get to the next game. With. Let's just we, talk. Let's, let, no, but we so... have to talk David Price because you know what? You all know, right. I've been waiting for this. I wanted to record on Sunday. Be nice, because I want to get him on the show one day. Okay, well, I, I don't. So, And if we do, I'll ask him why he's such a head case. Here's my thing. I'm going to be very, very candid right now and say that I had food poisoning this weekend. Beautiful. I spent the weekend vomiting. David Price made it worse. Oh, God. I'm not That's even not kidding. So I'm, just, I'm just putting that out there. Here's my thing. Yeah. I said it last winter. I was like, I'm giving him a chance. I wrote an article. I was like, it's his deciding season. He can opt out after this year, but I don't want him to opt out. I want him to be good. I want to root for him. I want him to turn it around. He did turn it around. He was great the second half of the season, but you know what? The day of the game, I said, this is his, I said, this was his deciding season, but this is his deciding game because the, because I'm, I don't care if you can pitch a complete game against a team like the Orioles. What I care about is can you pitch a against the Yankees be in a postseason game. And he mm-hmm. did neither of those things. And not only that, he flamed out so spectacularly that he is now the only starting pitcher in Major League history to go 0-10 in their postseason starts. Yeah. He's also the he is also the first pitcher in Major League history to receive a contract 
that is as lucrative as his own. So he is just on both ends of the spectrum and he's a complete disaster. And I'm sorry, but you know what? We needed, like, I wasn't expecting him to go out and blank the Yankees. I was not expecting him to have an Eovaldi-esque situation. I was hoping for, you know, five innings, under three, under three runs allowed, just yeah. enough for me to be able to say, okay, David Price can make it through multiple innings against the team that hit the most home runs in baseball in a single season ever. Yeah. And just not look like a complete disaster. And he, from the first pitch, which was a ball in the dirt, I said, well, that feels like a bad sign. And 10 minutes later, I'm like, wow, cool. So we're just like giving up home runs after five seconds now. It was like jaw-droppingly bad. I mean, he had like an over 10 ERA against the Yankees this season. Yeah. And, yeah. and he was terrible, and he's been terrible every postseason game he's ever done, except for his <sighs> relief stints last year in the ALDS. But you know what? You're not a reliever. You're a starter. Like Chris Sale pitched in relief tonight, and that was great. But Chris Sale also blanked the Yankees on Friday after being on the DL for two months. David Price has no excuse. It's a mental thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but you're not going to be a Hall of Fame pitcher, and you're never going to be a Red Sox icon the -hmm. way that you do that because we can't count on you and the craziest thing to me is him like begging Cora to use him in the bullpen this week I'm sorry do you think that anyone from Red Sox Nation was gonna let that happen do you think that there wouldn't be like 20 Red Sox fans in New York like storming the bullpen to like pin you down and keep you from getting out on that field. I mean, I literally would have rather seen a blindfolded Drew Pomerantz pitch than see Stop, David Price on. take the All right, mound. all right. That's that's a little much. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off right there before you say it. That's anything, fine. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I'm just saying I, I was right. I didn't want to be right. I rooted for him. I tried real hard. And now I'm done. I did my part. I, this is all I on have, him. There's nothing else I can say. I have two questions for you. Um the first one, um, and I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of like a, like a general talking point. Do you think David Price failed against the Yankees um, because he was facing the Yankees, or because it was in the postseason, or a mixture of both? What do you think? I think, I think the reason it was as bad as it was was because it was a mixture of both. But mm-hmm. the point is, we've seen both sides of this coin now. We've seen him be terrible against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him be terrible in the postseason. And it's yeah. actually really funny because my grandma called me and yesterday and she said, why did David Price pitch on, um, on Saturday? And I said, because he's a starting pitcher and, you know, you, it's, you, it's the postseason. You only get a certain amount of players. Like, he's one right. of our postseason starters. Like, he needs – he needs to start a game and she goes but why did he start the second and I said because grandma as bad as he is at Fenway Park against the Yankees he's infinitely worse so you had to have him you needed to win game one so you weren't going to use him game one and you couldn't use him for game three or four because those are Mm. Yankee Stadium so game two was David Price's game you're not going to use him game five banking on the hope that there would be no game five because you would win game four which thankfully we did yeah and if it yeah. had been a game five, it would have been Chris Sale. Yeah. So I mean, a short, a shorter Chris Sale. Like it would have been like short Chris Sale, maybe short like Eovaldi, Porcel, Erod, someone, I don't know, whatever. You would have uh, yeah, seen it, something, but I highly doubt, even though he really wanted to be 
in the bullpen. And even though Cora was like, we still trust him. I don't think that there's any way Cora would have used him again. He would, I mean, that would have been the most mind boggling thing if we had seen David Price again in this series. I, I don't, I don't. So here's, here's my thing about Price and the Yankees, right? The Yankees and the Yankees just match up perfectly with David Price. Okay. Every, all the, all the pitches are coming in towards them. He throws a cutter. He, you know, he, he throws, he throws a slider. He throws, he throws everything coming in towards them. And Ted Williams is the one that said history is made on the inside pitch. So what do the Yankees, you know what I mean? So what do the Yankees constantly do when they see that they, they just swing for the fences and then they, they do what they do. Now, I, I don't understand why he continues to pitch to Gary Sanchez, okay? David Price pitching to Gary Sanchez is like anybody pitching to Barry Bonds, where, like, it's kind of like, it's anyone, you know... You, it's anyone pitching to David Ortiz in 2013. Yeah, basically, yeah. I, I mean, what? So Gary Sanchez has seven, hit, seven hits in his career off David Price and six of them are home runs. Like, and that's I, I Gary Sanchez, who had a 188 batting average this season. You know, but the thing is, is that like sometimes people just match up well against other people. You know right, what I mean? I'm and, just saying, and, like, it's hilarious. Yeah. No, I, yeah. It's Gary, it's Gary Sanchez. You know. Yeah. So I I don't understand why why David Price is pitching to Gary when you have someone uh, behind him who probably isn't doing that good against David Price, honestly. Um. Now, this 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 goes into my second question for you. After seeing how Erod did um, this series, she didn't do too well. Um, do you really? So, d- seeing seeing how seeing how Erod pitched in this series, right? Erod, did you just call Erod Erod? No, I said Erod. Okay. Definitely said Erod, Mike. If I said Michael, if I said Erod, edit that out. Put Erod. I put Erod. So Erod. Seeing how seeing how he did in this series, right? Would you really feel comfortable enough replacing him in David in David Price's uh, rotation spot, or maybe moving up Eovaldi and Porcello up one spot and giving Erod the 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 fourth spot? You know what I mean? Like, and then put I guess Price out of the bullpen because like mean, Erod Erod hasn't really been doing that well either in, in the last week or two. You know, I honestly like I I can't even. My brain can't even, like, you know, strategize that kind of stuff right now. I haven't yeah. properly slept in, like, five days. I haven't <laughs> properly eaten in five days. And that's all would have been – that all would have been the same if I wasn't horribly ill over the weekend. But, like, True. you know, postseason me is, like, a giant walking mess. Like, I'm surprised I haven't crashed my car yet <laughs> while <laughs> listening to one of these games. Oh, I God. think I think that a good solution would be – I don't want to say a bullpen game. Obviously, I wouldn't call it a bullpen game. I would call it like a an opener? combo, an opener game slash like combo starter game where like maybe you have Erod and Price. Like, so it kind of would be an opener. It would be like Erod for three innings like and then Price two, for you know right, like, two like, innings like or whatever. Split yeah, split the start between the two of them, but have it yeah. be have it be at the end so that it's like sale could come in as a reliever if needed. Like it, have it be like, you know, sale, Evaldi, Porcello, and then do that. Well, I don't I, know. I, I think... honestly can't think that far ahead. I really, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I'm look, it's the win today. Think about tomorrow, tomorrow <laughs> kind of situation here. Yeah. No, no. For me, I'm still on. We just won the ALDS. Like, and that's really like, obviously I want to win the world series, but 
all I really wanted, like what I needed was for us not to lose to the Yankees and for us not to lose the ALDS for the third year in a row. And we did that. And I have to say, like, I, so I, last year, I, it was a month after I moved to LA and I flew home on the red eye after game three. And I surprised my little sister with tickets to the ALDS and we sat in, and we sat and I hadn't slept and we sat in the rain (laughs) in those overpriced, you know, uh, thingies ponchos. those ponchos yeah yeah we sat in the rain for four hours and we watched them lose and i've never i had never been to a postseason game before because i was living in israel in 2013 so i watched all those games at, at, at midnight until 6 a.m i was nocturnal for a full month Jesus. um yeah no i mean I, I have to say though watching koji uihara through the last out at sunrise as the sun was peeking into my windows in it's, Tel Aviv. That's a perfect. pretty epic. It was pretty, pretty amazing. Like it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, until I screamed so loud that I woke up my entire apartment. But <laughs> point is I had never been to an actual game, a postseason game in real life at Fenway park. Yeah. So sitting there watching them lose in the rain, watching like the mood, feeling the mood drop and then like shuffling out of Fenway park, like all dejected and sad and heartbroken and furious too. Cause it was such a mess of a game. And a mess of a series. I stood in the rain in the team store on Yaki with my sister, waiting for our dad to pick us up. And on my phone, I wrote an article for Girl at the Game. And I titled it, Wait Till Next Year. Mm. And I just pulled it up. And it was October 9th, 2017. Game four of the ALDS. So one year later, I got to reread an article that I wrote called wait till next year and it played pretty well i guess i'm assuming it played pretty freaking well like it was a pretty emotional (laughs) thing to see that so i'm just happy that we did not three-peat ourselves like that to me was the biggest that to me was the biggest thing because it was like otherwise you know you kind of sink into this pattern of like we're trapped in this perennial we're the best team in the division but that's it yeah, yeah, and yeah. after the season that we just had, I just felt like we couldn't do that again because it's like if you win 108 games, that obviously has no bearing on the postseason in terms of like the stat, the numbers don't matter. But the point is, if right. you set all these new records and you win the division and you go to the ALDS again and you're facing the Yankees and you still can't pull it off, like I feel like that would have been that would have been very damaging so for my, us as a franchise. Yes. My 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 anxiety kind of derived from like, you know, so if we lost in the ALDS, that's that's really not cool for the third for the third year in a row. That's like that's like you know that's like torture, right? But then if and it's to the Yankees, that's what I'm, that's and, what I'm, and Aaron Boone. That's what I'm going to say, like, because it was against if it was against the Yankees, that's just like I was so scared to lose against the Yankees, just because like I don't want that at all. No one wants that. You know what I mean? So now that we got over this hump, honestly, this series going into facing, you know, the Astros, I think I'm my stress level is like a lot. It's it's down. You know what I mean? Like it's down. You know, they finally got over the hump. Now we're we're starting to kind of get into uncharted territories again. And I say that because it's like in recent years, like in the last like three or four years, the team hasn't gone this far. So, you know, it's it's it really it really goes to show how, you know, let's see what this team really can do. 
You know what I mean? And you know, every everyone everyone was saying that the Yankees were were like the best team or one of the best teams in baseball, and we beat them twice in the Bronx. Yeah, we like, lost at Fenway and owned them. Not only did we lose at Fenway, and I'm so excited to get to Game Three just because like it was so beautiful. Yeah. Not only did we win against them, not only did we win against them in the Bronx, we won the series in the Bronx. We won two in a row in the Bronx. We beat them in their own house after Aaron Judge had the balls to walk through Fenway Park, blasting New York, New York on his phone. Yeah, that that was... Dude, uh... you cocky, giant mofo. You don't do that. You just don't do that. No, nah, yeah, no, nah, I, I know. And you know what? Like th- this, this all goes, this all goes back to um, Brian, Brian Cashman making, making the statement, um, the, 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 the do damage statement. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, you know, why are you, why are you giving it's them everything they've said? It's like the do damage. We want Boston. Well, you got yeah, us, buddy yeah. boys. Like, yeah. Why? Do what, we, like, we, don't, we don't say stuff like that. Well, I mean, kind of. I do. <laughs> I know you do. But, you know, it's like the thing is, is that like you're you're doing it at such a like close level to the players. Like, you know what I mean? Like we, we could say whatever we want. But at the end of the day, like and we could even tag Aaron Judge on Twitter and stuff. He'll never see it. Or he'll oh maybe and never see it. You know what I mean? But it's like I mean to be fair, I tweeted about David Ortiz. Oh, here we go. And didn't tag him, and he retweeted me, <laughs> and I didn't even tag him in it. So that was pretty freaking cool. <laughs> this is this is the uh, this is the the highlight of your life. So now everything is downhill from now. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, kind of like I peaked. I mean, uh, yeah. that was the first thing he tweeted in like five days. And it was him retweeting me saying that I wanted him to sit in the dugout and glare at Yankees for the whole week. And he retweeted it. And it was just like. He was thinking it. And it's like, first of all, like, you know, he wants to be there. Like he's sitting there with A-Rod like at Fox Sports and he's like watching these guys and he's like. <laughs> He's like, I want to go hit another walk off off Mariano Rivera, man. Like, I don't want to be sitting here in a pink suit. I want to be out there doing damage with my boys because they're still his boys. That pink suit was amazing. I mean, everything about David Ortiz is amazing. <laughs> let's be honest. But yeah, I, I was, so yeah, so I mean, it's uh, just like, and it's just so funny that it's Aaron Boone, man, because it's like the guy. I mean, I wrote a whole article at the beginning the winter, and I was like, they're trying to make the rivalry great by hiring a man with no coaching experience no managerial experience who is literally remembered for one walk-off home run. And if he hadn't hit it, he would never even have his color commentating jobs, let alone be managing one of the best franchises in baseball. And he, and it's like, it's like you look at his numbers. He wasn't even a very good player. It's all about that one walk-off home run. And like, and like if he didn't have the team that he'd had, he wouldn't have had this good of a season because he has no experience. Like it's a, t- it was right. a total, total crapshoot. Yeah, it was. It was. And, and you know, like for everyone, for everyone saying how, like you know, um, you know, Alex Cora doesn't have manager experience either. But you know what? Like he was on the coaching staff for Houston when they won a World Series. So yeah. you know, he's he has. I mean, more he than came to. He was interviewing for this job. While helping while the, the, the Astros win a World Series, and almost the exact same team 
is facing us in the ALDS this weekend. Yeah. And yeah. he and he and and it's also like okay, so we now have a guy. We basically have like an inside spy. We because it's the exact same team almost. I don't think they did, did they add anybody besides Ozuna who's I mean, we're not going to talk about him again. But uh, did they add did they add like they their their team is virtually unchanged. You got Springer, Altuve, McCullers, um here, so here here's Cole, here's is Cole new? Cole is new. Yeah, the, here's, okay, so here's, Cole, Cole is new, but like Verlander, Keuchel, yes. you know, uh, Brendan, all of these guys are guys that Cora has spent inordinate amounts of time with, yeah, getting yeah. them ready for the postseason, including when they beat us last year in the ALDS. And right. now we have him as our manager. So here's, here's a few things that I will kind of want to bring up to you. I want to get your opinion on. I, I think that works both ways. For for as much as Cora knows what AJ Hinch is going to do and his staff is going to do, I think AJ Hinch kind of knows what Cora is going to do because you know they kind of you know what uh, I'm looking for a saying here, but I'm it's it slipped my mind. Uh, the apple doesn't fall, uh, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, the point is that like they 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 come from the same place. You know what I mean? Cut from so, the same cloth. So uh, yeah, that, that works. Sure. He's in a pod. <laughs> Okay, Two let's just stop. Let's just stop. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. They, they. I think this they, is not they supposed. Derived. This is supposed to be a, a spontaneous <laughs> podcast. We are not on our game in terms of like intellect tonight. This is this is this is like a purely good vibes, psychotic, drunk on Red Sox podcast. We're not. <laughs> we're not. Is, we're not trying to do stats and stuff tonight. This, this is why this we is did why not prepare at out. all. Yeah, no, not really. I, I was, I, I was in bed, and then she was like, "No, let's record." I was like, "All right, fine." So, um, <laughs> to be fair, that's on you because it was your idea. It was originally your idea. I know. To so, I, like, you, you get into bed, that's your own fault. Sometimes I need to kick in the pants. Anyway, here's the difference with the Astros. So, uh, Alex Bregman is breaking out now. Alex Bregman is like basically. I mean, almost the Christian Yelich of the AL. He is just the second half. He has just been insanely good. Um, Altuve is not having a typical year for him. He's still having a good year. He's not having a great year like he did last year. Uh, the same Altuve that hit three home runs in one game against the the Red Sox last year. I don't think we're going to see that again, but we may see that in Bregman. Um, who else is out there? Uh, Springer. Springer. Postseason Springer is an animal. He is. He is just doing George Springer things. I mean, you know, we saw him last year in in the postseason, uh, the World Series MVP. Um, you know, and it's just like he can't be stopped either. He's almost like he's almost like a David Ortiz figure in in that in, in Houston. He is. He is. Yeah, in Houston with their one for one year. Series. For one year, no, it, for for one year, for one year, and he's starting to do it a little bit again this year. But you know, like if I had to make a comparison, he is extremely clutch. So you know, it, it's going to be interesting. It is really going to be interesting, and it is going to be great baseball to watch. And you know, like going into this Yankees Red Sox, I was more, I was more, you know, like involved with the rivalry. I wanted to win because I wanted to beat the Yankees. Now going into the series, into the ALCS, I'm very like, 
this is going to be really good baseball to watch. You know what I mean? Like people that aren't fans of either team are really going to enjoy watching these two teams duke it out. I mean, it is just, you know, you have Verlander, you have Sale, you know, you have you have Bregman, Mookie Betts, JD Martin. Like it is just like star potential like you know, like crazy. They have Correa. Don't forget about Correa, you know what I mean? So like I could just go on and on. We can they can go back and forth, but right, at the end of the I day, mean... you know, it's like it is it's going to be great great baseball. Um but we can kind of delve into that after we we go over oh, I the go back AO. To game three. I want to live in game three for a minute because we had game some three. amazing stuff in game three. And, yes. and, and it's important stuff, too. First of all, I just looked at the score again. I'm like, I, I can't know, believe the, that. the score is like, I mean, is like really define orgasmic right there. Oh, 16, to, 16 to one at Yankee Stadium, 10, uh, seven run inning, 10 to one in the first four inning, like 10 to zero by the fourth. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. first of all, I I had a good feeling yesterday when I wrote my I mean, look, I'm very I'm not like a superstitious person, but when it comes to baseball, like this 2004 ALCS sweatshirt, this is my good luck sweatshirt. That is a nice sweatshirt. I like it. I've had this since I was little, since 2004. My dad bought this. This is a men's adult sweatshirt that I used to wear as a dress. Now I'm a grown-up. It's a normal sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah. I wore this when I when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016 when I was dating a Cubs fan like this is my lucky sweatshirt I actually did not wear this yesterday it was in the wash because I wore it when I was sick but I still for whatever reason even writing an article comparing Eovaldi versus the Yankees to Price versus the Yankees because I wrote I wrote a thing you know crapping on David Price after his start while the game was still going on on Saturday but I hadn't yeah. gotten like into his stats so much. I just was kind of like, dude, you're a giant disappointment to humanity. Eovaldi against the Yankees before yesterday's game in four starts against the against the Yankees this year had a 1.93 ERA. This good. David Price's <laughs> David Price's ERA against the Yankees this season going into Saturday's game was 10.34. That's not good. <laughs> no, not great. Yeah. And no, everyone's that... like, oh well, you know, David Price, uh, and they both made four, they both made four starts against the Yankees. So everyone, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, but Nathan Eovaldi was a midseason acquisition. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? They both made four starts against the Yankees. And Nathan Eovaldi actually had pitched more innings against them than Price because Price was so bad. Nathan Eovaldi had 23.1 innings against them before yesterday's game. Price only had 15.2. And Eovaldi had only given up one homer to the Yankees. Price had given up nine. Uh, Price yeah, had given I'm... up almost as many home runs to the Yankees as Eovaldi had given up all season <laughs> to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And in the game um... yesterday, he held them to one run. He held the team that has hit more home runs in a single season than any ballpark, than any team in Major League history. To one run, and it wasn't even a homer. It wasn't a home run. You're in right. Their in their Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. With the shortest porch in baseball. Yep. And I think that is so – I feel like we're not giving that enough recognition that a guy who had never – also, it was his postseason debut. Yeah. The guy had never pitched in a postseason. He also has had two Tommy John surgeries. And he was pitching against his former team. Like, the amount of things. And 
we had just gotten our asses handed us to us two nights before by the yeah. Yankees in our own park. The number of things that were stacked against Nathan Eovaldi and the amount of pressure that he performed under and the fact that he went longer into the game than any of the Red Sox starters this entire series. Absolutely no, yeah. remarkable. It really is. It really is. I said, and- I said if we can get five or six solid innings out of Eovaldi tonight, this team has a chance. We got seven one-run innings out of Nathan Eovaldi. We got more out of him than we got out of Sale and Price put together in terms of innings. His stuff was electric. Uh, and, it, and he's not even a big strikeout guy. That's the other thing. He only yeah. had five strikeouts through seven innings. He's only had ten strikeouts. His career high in a single game is ten. And it's only happened like three times, including once this season. But he's not like a Sale kind of guy where it's like, you know, Sale will have, you know, on average 12 strikeouts per game. Yeah. Eovaldi is the guy that you would think – I mean, I'm just going to stop talking because it was so great, basically, and I don't want to ruin it. But, like, the point is that was incredible stuff. Like, we also just, like, j Hab versus Nathan Eovaldi in terms of who panned out better for the midseason acquisition. It, you, you, uh, it is decided. Yes, no, it, 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 it is. Eovaldi, Eovaldi to the Red Sox, what is what the Yankees thought they were getting in J-Hap, if that makes sense. Like, he has just been tremendous. He almost, I mean, basically has been a Severino type where he just reaches back and gives you triple digits. And, you know what I mean, like lives on the corners. And if he makes contact, it's usually to someone. And, you know, if he strikes you out, he strikes you out. He earns he earns his innings. And you know what? Like, I, I'm I'm going to say it. I think, you know, I don't I, I don't keep him. I don't need. I don't need to see anything. I don't need to see anything for the rest of the postseason. I'm willing to I give mean, him a contract. Not you know. Listen, not, nothing. I nothing mean, crazy, I would prefer but... it if he's not getting you know destroyed, shelled by the Astros. But I, I also am. I also just in general like how good he is against the Yankees. Because the thing is, you know, it's not like the yeah. Yankees are going to turn into the Orioles next season. Especially no, they're now, not. They're going to get better. Especially now that they lost in the ALDS. Cashman, Cashman and Steinbrenner are going to go out and spend a buttload of money. Yeah, they are. And we They're got a big free agent class coming up. So yep. the Yankees, are, it's not like the Yankees are going to go away. No, absolutely so keeping, not. keeping a guy like Eovaldi, who can do what he's been doing all season against them and in the postseason, I'm all for it. Plus, I, I he's a guy too. who's had two Tommy Johns. It's not like he's going to be such a hot commodity on the market. Well, we can afford him. Especially the thing is, we, uh, especially if someone named David Price opts out. That well, that's not going to happen. But I mean, I know. The, but like, I kind of want him to leave. <laughs> the the thing Dude, is, I'm sorry. Look, he, look, you can't pitch in the postseason. No, I know. I get it. You're not I get worth it. the money. Like it is decided. That's three postseason ALDSs in a row where you are just completely worthless to us, and you make thirty two million dollars a year. I, I, I know. I get it. I, there's I'm no not... argument anymore. There's really like there's no. nothing anyone can say to me that's going to be like, oh, he had like, what, four good innings of relief last year in a losing series. No, no you're right. Like, the, the, you're... There's no, there's literally there's no like if you bring me a person who says to me that David Price is worth thirty two million dollars of worth our time, worth the spot on the roster. I will no send him to get an MRI at Mass Gen because there's nothing <laughs> that you can say. No one's worth that much money. It, 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 no it, one's worth that much. I don't even look. Chris Sale is a god, and I don't even. Well, I wouldn't even give Chris Sale thirty-two mm-hmm. million dollars. No one should be making that much money when you pitch once every five days and you get shelled during a postseason game every single year. 
I agree. I agree. I, I mean, when when you not to just, mention I, you have a bad attitude and you're snarky to everybody you meet. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. I. I don't. I don't know. I. I just. I just want to talk about Yavaldi. Like. Yeah. No. The, I'm just saying. The, the thing. The thing is, is that like, you. You really need someone who who is known to to shut out the Yankees. I, I mean, you know. Th- and we have th- that with Sale. We have that with Sale, and now and, hopefully Yavaldi. Now we have hopefully. We have that with Ivaldi. Yeah. So, so it's and, like and, and the, the the interesting thing though now will be to see who can face the the Astros because Chris Hill has not been good against the Astros. He wasn't good against them this season, and he wasn't good against them in the ALDS last year. Obviously. So you know so, who was good against the Astros this season is David Price. <laughs> yeah, but you know who's shit in the in the postseason? David Price. So that's why we need to give him another chance in the postseason. Oh God, Justin, <laughs> kill me. Let's just talk about Brock Holt. Can we talk about? Can we talk about the lineup? The lineup changes because that was that was key. Lineup changes. Uh, we had we had uh you know we had on Sun yesterday Monday yesterday's Monday it was we Brock had, Holt and Devers. We had Devers, Holt, and Vasquez in for yep. Leon, Nunez, and Kinsler. And it made such a difference right off the bat. Literally, the first are the first run scored of the the first hit of the game was Devers for any yeah. team. The first run scored was Devers off an IRBI single by Vasquez. Brock Holt hit, became the first player in Major League history to hit for the cycle in a postseason game. That is like, that is a long time. I, I mean, that's that's like 120 years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The first the first World Series was 1903, which we won, by the way. So. <laughs> You know, we won it. We did. We did indeed. <laughs> I mean, Brock Holt, like the guy, is so clutch. And, he and is. you know, and the crazy thing was, each of his hits came off a different pitcher. So it's not like he figured out a pitcher and then just started, you know, shelling him. It was like he got the first hit off Severino. Three pitchers, one catcher. Three pitchers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then and then it's like everyone's giving him crap because you know he hit his home run off. Of, but here's the thing: you can look at that two ways. On the one hand, it's a position pe- player pitching. Yeah. On the other hand, players don't sit around and study position players pitching because they don't really have footage because it happens so rarely. So it's not like, you know, J.D. Martinez is sitting around studying footage of Austin Romine and he's like, hey, Brock Holt, on the off chance that one day in the ALDS, Austin Romine will be pitching because we'll be up 14 to one in the ninth inning. How about you look at this footage? It's like you don't know what kind of pitches you're going to get from a postseason from a position player. And also, also the hardest one to hit is the triple, especially in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, no, you you got a point. That that really is hard. So it's like it's like it's like don't try to take away from what Brock Holt did there because not only has no one ever done that, apparently no one's ever hit for the cycle at Yankee Stadium ever. New Yankee Stadium or old or both? I'm I think New Yankee Stadium. I I retweeted oh, right. it earlier today. I'll find it. But you know, it was this crazy thing of like, um, he hadn't. No one had ever. Let's see. No, so like, I I get I get what you're saying about the catcher too. Like, or the you know, uh, uh, Romine Romine pitching. It's like you know, sometimes sometimes position players strike out other batters. You know what I mean? Like you see it sometimes. We saw. You know? I mean, we saw Mitch Moreland. We've seen Mitch Moreland yeah. pitch a scoreless three and you know yeah. a perfect inning. Like that stuff happens. But the point is. 
you know, it's like, first of all, anyone who tries to take away from Brock Holt, like Brock Holt is a, Brock Holt is a great person. Yes, he is. He's captain the Jimmy Fund. He's like the first guy hugging every single guy on this team. He's like everyone's biggest cheerleader. He's like a genuinely great player to have on your team. He's a finalist for the uh, Clemente Award, I think, too. Clemente, yeah, he is. He is the Sox finalist for it. And it's like also just like you don't. It's like it's like hating on a pitcher for for pitching a complete game. Like these kind of moments happen so rarely in baseball, and these guys work their entire lives to get where they are let alone to achieve the kind of feats that we rarely get to see from them. So just appreciate it. No, like, of course. Yeah, Yankees fans suck, so they're not going to appreciate anything that doesn't happen for them. <laughs> yeah. But in general, it's just like, you know what? Don't talk about, like, yeah, he hit it off Austin Romine. He'd never, no one had ever faced Austin Romine before. No, well, you know, like, the thing is, is that, like, I, I'd, like, I'd, like to see, I'd like to see some of these people go out there and face Austin Romine. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, Austin Romine, he, yeah. he, pit, he, pit, he reached 90 miles an hour. You know what I mean? Like one one pitch. So you know, it's like it's like I I I can't believe people would actually take away from that the fact that you know who cares it who who it's off of. He still did it. He still hit the home run. You know, like uh, it's just it's it's crazy to me that people would actually try and bash him. But you know, uh, him hitting the cycle. And also, also, it's like hitting also hitting the triple like is the hardest part. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I mean, okay. So no one had ever hit for the cycle in Yankee Stadium, Yankee Stadium before yesterday. I'm assuming the new Yankee Stadium, because if it's the old Yankee Stadium over, like, you know, almost 100 years, like, I highly doubt that's the case. Yeah, but me too. Somebody, somebody responded to one of my coworkers' tweets about it, saying that nobody had ever hit for the cycle in Yankee Stadium before yesterday. It's hard enough to hit it. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Red Sox had, like – you know, five triples cumulatively all last season. Yeah, like, I have triple, no idea. I triples guess. are a weird. Triples are a weird thing to hit in general. You know, you were like, probably you're either you're either going yard or you're hitting you know something something you know a, do- a single or a double or you're out. But it's like the only possibility in, in in Fenway is that if you hit it into the triangle and it bounces around or if someone makes a, like uh like like some sort of mistake or if someone doesn't know how to play it off the wall you know right. what i mean like so it's like, very it's specific like a triple, a triple is usually like you know defensive kind of like coming from defensive blundering right anyway the point is you know it couldn't happen to a better person than Brock Holt no i know i love the guy i, I love the guy it's so epic and also just so cool that we had two players also, Brock Holt is one of like I think sixteen players to ever cycle twice in their career because he cycled in twenty fifteen. Yeah, he did. He did, and, and it's also uh, nice because Mookie had one earlier this season, so we had two this year. Two this year. I know uh, one off the top of my head I can give you right now is Yelich did it twice in one season. That is yes, Yelich did it insane this year twice. I think twice in um, like a month and a half too. Was, you know, something terrifying. like that. Yeah, when he was have yeah, I that's one guy I don't want to face in the in the postseason, but. Regardless, um, you know, like the postseason is just it, it's it's meant to create these unsung, these unexpected heroes. They're meant to create these Johnny Gomes, these uh, Shane Victorino types. I was going to say Shane Victorino. Grand you know Sanders. what I mean? Exactly. So, you know, and I think I think, you know, Brock Holt has been here for a few years. He wasn't someone that they got this year. He wasn't someone like a Steve Pierce. I think Steve Pierce can be like that kind of guy, too. But it's well, like yeah, Steve Pierce. We'll get to him in a second. Yeah. Um, seeing Brock Holt do this, it's like 
you didn't expect it, but you're not surprised. You know what I mean? Because like if you've been watching this entire season, you know that he he had the go the go ahead home run in, uh, against the Phillies, um, which was a big series. You know, it's a good team at the time; they were a good team. Um, and then I think he had a go ahead home run against the Yankees in the regular season, or was that Jackie Bradley Jr.? I'm, I don't remember. I think that was Jackie Bradley one the yeah, night I think, that he. I think so. Whatever the point is. Yeah. Also, Brock Holt was like concussed last year. He really struggled. You concussed know, vertigo just, and anxiety. Such a nice, such a nice redemption story for yeah. a guy who has been such a like behind the scenes supporter of his teammates. And like you really saw it today too, because it's like you know I was on Instagram and it's like I follow all the guys, and they're all congratulating Brock. You know, like Jackie Bradley's like it couldn't happen to a better teammate. Like Mookie's cheering him on. JD's cheering him on like they're all and you have Pedro and David Ortiz like everybody was happy like it literally and I said it last night I was like I couldn't it cannot happen to a better guy yeah and it's just like yet another one of these moments that like this team for all the crap we give them and a lot of it's justified because there's a lot of problems with this team player wise but as human beings there are just some really truly special players on this team and I think one of the reasons I love being – I know one of the reasons I love being a Red Sox fan so much is because you – every once in a while – I mean, we get a lot of teams where it's like the Red Sox take into consideration. They don't like signing players who are dicks because they know how seriously the fans take loving their team. I think the, la- the last one of those every- they signed was A.J. Przinsky, and he didn't, he didn't work out too well. So, Really? What about Pablo Sandoval? Uh, he was a dick too. You're right. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about him. Yeah. yeah. How do you forget about him? His giant ass is still weighing down our payroll, Justin. I don't. I don't want to. Li- I don't, I don't want to talk about him you know on a mean? celebratory night. Yeah. I don't talk about him on a celebratory night. The point is, the Red Sox are not like other teams where it's like you know, like with the Yankees, it's like I don't think that they care if they hire dicks. To be, they clearly don't care if they hire dicks. They had a Rod. They have Giancarlo. Like they have Brett Gardner. They have Luke Voigt. They don't care if they hire douchebags. They care if their team wins. The Red Sox for the Red Sox, it's about more than just they know we are heavily invested in who they sign that's why Dombrowski was like we never considered signing Roberto Ozuna because Red Sox Nation is not going to be okay having a wife beater on their team we oh, just you won't imagine? we are gonna we yeah. would fucking riot it's just not yeah, the kind yeah. of people like we are kind of and that's one of the reasons I was so on the David Price thing because I don't like hating on my players I want to love my players you know same so it's like okay this team, you've got some guys, not only are they just good guys, they are truly exceptional. Yeah, Jackie they are. Bradley, no, they are. Brock Holt, Mookie, Benny, Xander Bogarts. My God, Xander Bogarts is having such a season. Any other team, Xander Bogarts is the best player on the team. Only because he's on the team behind Mookie and JD that Xander Bogarts is the third best player in that lineup. Any other he's team, tremendous. He's, he's number one. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, this team is truly something special, and it's a joy to be, you know, able to like, to like love them when I can. I mean, I can't, the bullpen is a different story, but you know. Yeah, no. Whatever. So I, 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 so game three was great. And it was game also three was fantastic. Cora was able to switch things up. Cause like, you know, if it's feral, he's just sticking with the same shit for every single game. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys who's like, well, it's not broke, don't fix it. Well, you know, I was clearly, like, no, it's uh, been broken the entire time. Yeah. And it's so broken <laughs> that you don't realize that it's broken because you're just used to it being broken. <laughs> exactly. It's um, like, oh, it's like, oh, your car has no taillights. 
you just forgot because you've just been driving the car with no taillights for seven years. I mean, I mean, Alex Cora is a phenomenal manager, and like, he really is. He you really know, is. I think I, it I comes down to him or Kevin Cash for Manager of the Year, a thousand percent. Yeah. It's definitely not no. going to be Aaron Boone, but we knew that from the get go because you don't win, you don't win Manager of the Year for hitting a walk off home run. No, you, you don't. No, no it, not at all. But you yeah, don't no. get rewarded for it. He won't. He, there's, there's no way. He may get some votes, but I don't think he'll, he'll be a finalist at all. Um, I also just have to say, like, speaking of postseason, you know, we can now, now that the full, now that we've had one full season for the two, we can definitively say that JD Martinez was a better get than John Carlos Stanton. Oh, 100%. Now that, now that, I mean, we knew that already, but now that the, now that the Yankee season is completely closed. Yeah. We can, 100%. I mean, we can say that with certainty for a third of the price. 100%. 100%. Now, we got the, an incredible player with a good attitude and an, and an amazing work ethic who has revolutionized <laughs> the behavior of this team and worked to help his fellow players like Devers and JBJ. And it's just all around. It's just great stuff. He's even he's even he's even set the bar for his opponents. He's even set the bar for guys. Oh, yeah. Everyone's, who, you know everyone's what I mean? iPadding now. He, well, ever yeah, everyone's iPadding. Everyone's and he has a journal and he's taking notes and he is just he analyzes like his batting practice swings. No one does that. He's like nobody he's, does he's like that. Studying himself like he's a freaking you know mi- microbe yeah. in a test tube or whatever. You know. Yeah. But if, that, if that's mean, what it takes, hand, if that's how he's good, so scientific. On the other hand, it's like I'm not complaining because the guy went yard against Jay Happ in the first pitch, that, the first, <laughs> the first at bat he had as a Fenway, you know, postseason hitter. I'm like, all right, dude, this is what we needed last year. Um, so game three, absolutely phenomenal. 18 hits, 16 runs, one run by the Yankees. CC Sabathia apparently fell asleep. During the game, 18 okay. hits, 16 runs, whole Vasquez endeavors, the three lineup changes combined for six runs and eight of those hits. Yeah, it was, it was, it, 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 was, ama- it was amazing six with five RBIs. Yeah. So, and also that was, that was the, uh, it was a new record for most runs ever scored against the Yankees in a postseason game by any team yeah no it, it was it was it was just a a stomping it I, was a, it was it was that a was our night that was our 19 to 8 2004 game yeah Except yeah 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 and yeah. also it was even better because at least we scored eight runs that i mean our that was a bigger way way bigger <laughs> stomping than 19 to 8 so pretty happy um, <laughs> getting getting into the final game tonight Oh Christ! Um, I want to um, I want to jump right into uh, the you know we were we were winning four to one going into the eighth inning. Chris Sale comes in and uh, you know humble brag, uh, but I kind of predict, predicted that they that Chris Sale was going to be used tonight in you know like he was, in the he right was situation. Used in, he was used in game four last year too. Yeah, it's actually yeah. funny. Porcello pitched game one relief stints for both ALDS last year and this year. And Sale pitched Game Four ALD relief stints for this year and last year. Yeah, just um, thankfully with different outcomes. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I'm I'm so I'm so glad because I was like he was Chris Sale was coming in from the bullpen and I was like, you know, he's not may- super strong in the bullpen. I have to say. Yeah, well, 
his um he started off his career in the bullpen. Um so he kind of has a familiarity um as far as coming out uh into so Chris Sale started out his uh his 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 career on the White Sox as a reliever, so he kind of knows what it what it's all about. Yeah, he um, was there. He was but, their version of Joe Kelly throwing over 100 miles an hour. Just yeah, basically. More more accurate. He he got the job done. Uh pass pass it along to Kimbrel and I swear same as, on everything same as I love. Same as last year, passing it along to Kimbrel. Yeah. And Kimbrel just right he, out the gate. By, lead off walk. By this, yeah. And and I saw this coming. I've seen this I movie have, before so from Kimbrel. So did I. We've seen you know it I mean? a thousand times. And I even said because I went live on Periscope and then I actually had to turn off the Periscope because I was too anxious. And I deleted <laughs> it from my Twitter because it was so bad. <laughs> But I said, you know, I was at the game when he gave up the walk-off Grand Slam to Mark Teixeira. Yeah. The year that Teixeira was retiring, like not even good Mark Teixeira, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, we've seen this from Kimbrel, and we've seen it so many times this season, and we almost saw it on Friday night. Like, you know, he gave up a uh, he gave up a homer to Aaron Judge in the ninth inning to make it a one-run game. I'm like, so that's two games now. Where Kimbrel's supposed to come in and shut it down, and instead he almost blows the game. And it's like, yes, he got us out of it. And all these people are like up my ass on Twitter, being like, he got us out of it. I'm like, yes, but do you realize how close he came to not getting us out of it? Like, if Ben and doesn't make that catch, if he doesn't, like, we were so close. Like, he loaded the bases. It was it was by ten feet. He walked. He walked in a run. Yeah. It, yeah. Our closer it, walked in a run. I'm sorry. There's really like you. It's the same same thing as Price. You have no leg to stand on if you're trying to convince me that Craig Kimbrell is is reliable. His walks are up. His yeah. runs are up. His ERA is up. He is not the Craig Kimbrell that we had last year. No, absolutely not. And, absolutely and the, not. Thing, the thing that's so scary is like, yes, our bullpen is garbage. Our bullpen is virtually the same as it was last year. The difference is that last year we at least had Craig Kimbrell. I mean, I'm not saying he was perfect. He wasn't, he was, you know, he, he but he was really damn good. Yeah, he was. This year, Craig Kimbrell is not only worse than last year, he's one of the most problematic parts of this bullpen because the problem is even if our relievers can get us to the ninth inning now, we are not guaranteed that Kimbrell can shut it down, at least in the past. It was like, okay, all we need is a bridge to Kimbrel. Now it's, we don't fucking know how we're going to get out of a game. No, you're right. And that to me is a much bigger problem than people are making. Like, okay, cool. We won this game. Did anybody feel confident about the fact that we won this game so closely that we won it after they had to review the final play of the game? Well, they they were that close. They were they were they were going to review it no matter what. I think. No, just, I mean because, I know, but the point you know, is like it was so close. It was close. Had, like the play itself was close, and we had runners at every base. Yeah, New York yeah, had yeah, runners yeah. at every base. It's like you know what? You can't have that. And the Yankees aren't even as good as the Astros. No. You no, know, it's like it's like this is not this is like I said I wanted to get through the ALDS and I did, so I'm happy. But at the same time, it's still the freaking postseason. It's not like I don't want them to win, you know? Right. 
And this the, just can't happen from him. It's unacceptable. The 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 Red Sox and the Astros will will match up very well in the fact that uh, the Red Sox have seen enough of Osuna when he was uh, on the Blue Jays. Fuck that guy. So he they they can beat him up and they can beat him up quickly and they've proven that before in the past. I so really I really hope that we're going to see Martinez it. Martinez hits one straight back to Osuna's dick. <laughs> That is, uh, Michael. You gotta have to bleep that. Hundred mile per hour exit velocity, <laughs> straight to Ozuna. So, I think I think they match up in that well in that in that concept. Um, but oh, by the way, shout out to the Yankees fans uh, that threw a, a can of beer at Kimbrel before he uh, was coming out. You didn't see that? No. He was coming out from the bullpen like like right right in front of the door in the bullpen and someone threw a full can of beer at him and like like almost almost hit him. It was close. Yankees it was really close. Are, Yankees fans are such trash. I mean, it's Not, honestly yeah. like I mean, first of all, it's like you che- like we didn't even talk about this. Yesterday they gave David Price a standing ovation, but they boo their own players. <laughs> they booed Stanton tonight. I know they that boo- for a they fact. Boo- they boo Stanton. They've booed Stanton like every single, you know, the, like every game of this season. Because the point is, mm-hmm. the guy, the guy is now, the guy now has is sixteenth overall in active players for most strikeouts in his career, Already? and he finished the season. Yeah, he has thirteen hundred. Going into tonight, he had thirteen hundred and fifty-one career strikeouts, which is the sixteen most for among a- active players. And he finished the season at second for all of baseball this year. Oh my god! So that, you know, like you can't count on our bullpen, but you can count on Giancarlo Stan to swing at everything <laughs> that moves. At the same time, I'd rather not face him. So uh, I'm just—I mean, uh, yeah, you know, but I mean, like, what yeah. was he? Oh, for five tonight? Uh, let me see here. Or he had like multiple. Here. I think he had a ground out. I don't know. He, he, he was, uh, you know, yeah, he was oh for, oh for four. He was 0 for, 4, oh, for so. 0 for 4. Oh, God, yeah. you know. No, that's... My bad. Four. My bad. He's a really <laughs> remarkable guy. I mean, look, whatever. We're not going to do the Stanton thing today. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we can, we can save that for an off-season when we're bored and we can just want to <laughs> drool over J.D. Martinez a little bit. Point is, <laughs> Yankee fans are trash. You don't throw at players. Like, Red Sox... It is the very rare Red Sox fan that would do something like that. Way more free, yeah. way more expected from Yankees fans, and you've seen that because they were throwing beer at Oakland players the other day. They, I there like, was I they is garbage. People. Yeah, I saw. Well, actually, there was also today. There was three Red Sox fans um, sitting like in a triangle w- with each other, and they were lit, like after the game was like almost in its completion, or I think it was maybe even done. They were like chucking beers at him, like from every angle. It was really sad to see. And a lot of people, a lot of people were like, you know, oh, you know, they're, they're going into the lion's den. Like they should expect that. Like I tell, I tell you what, you guys came to Fenway. We're not fucking doing that to you. I don't, I didn't see anybody do anything like that at Fenway. If anybody's throwing anybody, anything at Fenway, it's pizza at someone else's face. That's all. You know what I mean? It's a Red Sox fan throwing a pizza at a, at a Patriots fan, and that's the only thing. Like you know, pizza doesn't. You know who cares? But it's I like you know, like not ruining someone's entire two hundred dollar jersey with a you know drenching them in beer. Also, just saying, Alex Cora just now tweeted that was fun. Period. Oh, rivalry! It's like, it's like, it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. 
it's like you know that episode of The Office where it's, Kel- it's Kelly Kapoor's birthday, so they make her the sign, and it just says, "It is your birthday." Yeah, yeah, like, that's yeah. How, that's Alex Kapoor, where like he's just gonna stand there with his like awesome like postseason anxiety beard, which I have to say was just great. Like it's just so funny, but like he's he just goes, "That was fun." I love Alex Cora. I, I hope he's, he's a manager I mean, for the rest of eternity. He's, he's such a great manager, and like, it's just so it's so it, crazy. It's 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 so great to move on from you know like John Farrell, and like it's so it's so great to have finally someone that I can trust in. Um, since Bobby Valentine, I'm just kidding. Since uh, Terry Francona, I, I wanted to scare you for a little bit. Um, you know, like, it's like Terry. <laughs> Terry Francona was like, you know, like the man. He's still a man. I love Terry Francona. I love Tito. You know what I mean? But it's like, I, even with John Farrell, he won the World Series, but it's like he didn't really seem like that authentic or that genuine of a of a of a manager of a guy. He just kind of felt like he was doing his, he was trying to do his job and then go home. Alex Cora is like, you know, like that. This is his home. You know what I mean? Like he has the wall with the with the photos of each win, and it's just yeah, that, like, and it, that's it just is, like a really. I mean, that's like such an exceptional thing that you know. It it takes up like at least a hundred feet. It, it's it's incredible to see. No, they had to make it. They had to extend it to the other wall. They, 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 he's like, we ran out of room, so we had to go to the other wall. God, it's just like he takes such yeah. pride, and the, you know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking one of the reasons that Alex Cora is has all the makings of a good manager. Like, first of all. He's a former Red Sox player. Mm-hmm. He's a former World Series champion Red Sox player. Yep. He's a minority guy. Like, he's Puerto Rican. So he's very dealt with proud. Diverse, he's, he's a very proud guy who has dealt with adversity his entire life. He's our first Latino manager. He has coaching experience. And he has coached a World Series team. So he's not only played for a World Series winning team. He has coached a team that has won the World Series. And he played under Terry Francona, who coached him to a World Series team. So the amount of mentorship, good mentorship that he has had, as well as the own playing experience that he's had, and his own personal upbringing, the guy is literally the human recipe for managerial success. Like, it's such a coup that we have him. I know it's it's fantastic, you know, yeah. And I actually I always remember this funny quote from like the 2013 World Series movie where they say that John Farrell looks like a guy who came out of the cast of Mad Men to manage the World Series. And it's like so true. It's oh, like oh, he was great. just like a, you know yeah. your typical like you know <laughs> what a compliment. <laughs> whatever I don't even know. Yeah. And... Um. No, I, I know. I'm so glad we're moved on from him though. Um. Final thoughts. Wrapping up. Um, we're just not going to talk. I mean, we'll talk. We'll talk ALD, ALCS later this week. We'll do another. We'll do we'll a do projection. We'll, we'll do something. We'll do something intellectual and and not. Yeah, whatever with the numbers. This is. Yeah, um, this is this is with fun, with, in, with, with uh. <laughs> it's with an emergency brain, episode with brain cells. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is this is not this is not what that this that was not what this was. But um, um I don't know. Final final thoughts. I I uh, I lost probably fifteen the years of my life. Yeah, yeah that's you. I, I found the gray hair. I think, or I'm just really blonde. I don't know. Either way, whatever. Uh, it's... but 
<laughs> I don't know. This is this is a great episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, wrapping up. Uh, thank you for for listening to us. Uh, you could always find us uh, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Music. Uh, now you can find us on iHeartRadio. We are also on iHeartRadio as well. Uh, tune in. Sorry if I said tune in already. I don't remember. Uh, I, anch- I don't remember either. We need to know. sleep. Please. Anchor. Everywhere there's a podcast, you can find us. So uh, check us out. Uh, we're all over Twitter. Check us out on Twitter as well. Um, and uh, signing off. Peace out, guys. Go Sox. Go Sox. <laughs>